Football is finally back. Utah gets going at fall camp today, but what are the biggest questions surrounding this team heading into fall camp? We're talking about it on today's show. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wistersill, and on today's show, we're going to be going over the biggest questions we have about this Utah football team heading into fall camp. And joining us to help break all of that down is Cole Bagley. Cole, thank you for joining us today. For you, what is the biggest question going into camp you have about this Utah football team? Oh, that's, that's tough to say. Um, I think there's really three big questions um, that you can t- to really consider going into fall camp. Um, and I don't know if I can necessarily rank them, you know, in terms of which one's the biggest, but the three that I'm really looking forward to find, you know, getting to the bottom of is obviously who's quarterback to. Um, and while people might say, well, we've got Cam Rising, we're good, we're set, we're ready to go. Bad things happen, knock on wood, right? Like nobody wants to see Cam go down. Um, but that's definitely a big question mark is who's going to be backing him up because there could be a situation similar to the Rose Bowl where Cam goes down, you know, maybe he, even if he just needed a breather, maybe he needs, you know, to take, you know, a series off, you know, to compose himself or something like that. You need to make sure that you've got somebody that can back him up and, and, you know, uh, be able to run that offense as well, or as close to as well as Cam can. So QB2 is definitely a big question. Uh, hopefully we get that answer here during fall camp. Another question to consider special teams, not just, you know, obviously the nightmare that special teams was last year in regards to defending, you know, against returns, but you lost one of the best returners in program history in Britain Covey. So that's a definitely a huge question uh, to consider is who's going to be replacing number 18 on the punt and kick returns. Um, and then another big question as well is what is the state of the linebacker room? Um, to my knowledge, and according to a few sources, they're about five, six guys deep. Um, but what does that mean? You know, does that mean there's five or six guys that could start? Does that mean there's five or six guys that can play? And who's going to start? Last we heard, Corinne Reed, Lander Barton were running as the ones during spring camp, but that was a long time ago. And some guys have healed up, most notably a transfer, uh, Florida transfer, senior transfer, Mohamed Diabate. Is he going to, you know, claim one of those spots? So those are kind of the big three questions um, that I see going into tomorrow, which is exciting that we're already back. Yeah, it's going to be great getting to talk to the team, the players, all the coaches as well. And Cole, that was also a perfect tease for this episode because we are hitting everything you just talked about. And I do want to start kind of with some of those players you mentioned that left the team. We're going to go over some of the biggest guys who left via the NFL draft for this that leave in this Utah team. And we're going to start out with those linebacker spots. Not only did you lose Devin Lloyd, of course, one of the best players to ever come through Utah, their highest draft pick in recent memory. You lose another guy in Nephi Sewell as well, who was really productive and crucial to that linebacker room. So you lose two really good linebackers and you kind of talked about it. It's a deep, there are a lot of guys in there that could contribute. There's not a, you're not replacing Devin Lloyd straight up, but there are multiple guys yeah. who can do a lot of different things. You mentioned Diabate. I've had locked on Gators, on earlier this week, kind of talking about a month out from the game. And of course, Diabate coming over from Florida talked about how he's kind of 
Diabate can do a lot of different things. And last year spent a lot of time rushing the passer. And that's mm-hmm. something Devin Lloyd also spent a decent amount of third downs doing. So we could see on some of those third and long situations, Diabate comes in and maybe right. in those first two downs, it is a guy like Lander Barton get the run, getting some run in there early. A guy that is one of the higher recruits to ever come to Utah. Well, we mm-hmm. know Barton is just a physical specimen, so he should come right. in right away. And you mentioned another guy in Reed. And I think between Diabate and Reed, I'm kind of curious to see with Reed kind of being one of the more senior members of that linebacker group at Utah and then Diabate being the longest tenured member, but he still hasn't been a Utah's long. I'm curious as well to who comes over and kind of fills that leadership void. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well, because Devin Lloyd, we know is also a really good leader for this Utah team, but I, I do agree with you. I think at the end of the day, it's a big question. Who's going to be the two when they go down to Gainesville? I feel like it's going to be Reed and Barton. Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty good um, prediction there. Uh, from what I know, it's going to be Reed and Barton. Um, however, that could change. You know, Diabate could come in and and you know show you know just how good he is, and he could. I, I think if he's going to surpass anybody, it's going to be Barton. Um, I just think, and it's crazy to say like, oh yeah, like Crane is the most um, tenured guy in the room when in fact last year was his first season. You know, he was a he was a walk on. Uh, freshman and now he's just a sophomore but he like you said he's the most tenured he had the most reps uh, last year and he was phenomenal Um, I think he finished in the top 10 on the team in total tackles it was either sixth or ninth I can't remember which one but uh, he he did a great job his first game as a Ute on you know at the college stage 15 total tackles and and a red zone interception um, against uh, Washington State so for me Reed is the guy that's probably locked in um, in terms of, you know, who's going to be starting Two, I think it's between, um, you know, Lander Barton and Diabate, uh, just, and I think fall camp is going to determine, um, who does fulfill that second spot, you know, Lander looked fantastic. And, I, you know, as a guy that's, that's known Lander for quite a, you know, quite some time, I've watched him a lot. I watched him in high school. He actually went to my alma mater, uh, here in Salt Lake, Brighton high school. Um, so I know I'm familiar with his brothers and whatnot and, He's definitely the most athletic of that entire family. Everybody knows the Bartons. Um, you know, they've definitely left their mark at the university. And I think Lander's going to be the best uh, Barton to ever put on a Utah uniform. Um, so I think, you know, when we get to Gainesville, I, I still think it's going to be Reed and Barton. But like you had mentioned, I expect to see some pass rush situations where, you know, we see Diabate subbing in. And I think we're going to see some situations where, you know, Guys like Justin Medlock come in, you know, they were really high on him. From what I know, he's college ready. He's looking really good. You know, he, in those live reps, he excels. Um, and then I think you're also going to see some of the, the veteran leadership. Um, guys like uh, Andrew Mataafa, Hayden Fury. Um, and, and, and to kind of answer that question of where is that leadership going to come from that Lloyd uh, left behind? Um, I think uh, from the standpoint of leading, uh, leading by example, it's going to be Karene. Um he he is a from what I from what I've heard from some of the guys he's an excellent mentor especially in showing guys you know the schemes and the defense um, and where to be where to put yourself so I think in terms of how to sh- to lead by example in uh, in reps it's going to be Karene I think by you know leading with their voice uh, Andrew Mataafa was very vocal during spring uh, just to kind of depends on how many reps he's getting and whatnot but. In terms of replacing a guy like Devin Lloyd from a leadership standpoint, I've got Karine 
I think Andrew will offer that vocally, and then we'll kind of see what kind of a leader Mo is. I mean, he's the most tenured guy in the room in terms of how much he's played at the collegiate level. So um, hopefully that that's a long-form answer, but hopefully that answers kind of the, the topics that you're looking for. No, absolutely. And I think when you're, there's a couple of things. Number one, I'm going to say this. I think it is no slight against Barton if Diabate starts week one. I mean, it is so hard to come in as a true freshman, especially your first game being down in Florida. In Florida, they are kind of a rebuilding, retooling SEC team. But I mean, this is a team a lot of people still think is going to be one of the best 30 to 40 teams in college football. I mean, Billy Napier's a really good coach. So, and Diabate could very well help from a leadership standpoint. It's going to be a different Florida team in terms of schematics and some of those things. But a lot of these these guys were still Diabate's teammates. He's going to know their tendencies and a couple things as well, right. where maybe it will be better to have him start the very first game. And we'll kind of see how he progresses. Just as I mentioned, I think there's not a lot of tougher scenarios to come in than a cross country road game against an SCC team for your very mm-hmm. first ever collegiate start. I think Lander can handle it. And I think he'll definitely right. play in the game, no matter what you can see a ton of reps, but wouldn't be surprised right. at all to see Diabate get a lot of that run and, Cool, you mentioned kind of talking about that leadership void as well. It's going to be exciting to see what Utah does there. Another guy the Utes have to replace, especially in terms of a leadership void, is a guy in Nick Ford. Nick Ford, leader amongst the offensive line last year, guy who's played all over the offensive line years before that, a very versatile piece. And I think it's just something when Utah fans look at it, there's like there's no Nick Ford who's stepping in there. And, you know, Bam Olesen, he's gone as well. But I think with Brayden Daniels just hopping over to left tackle, that's not as much a concern because we've all seen what a standout Braden can be from his few years starting at guard as well as right tackle last year. So you look at center, you're like, who's stepping in? And that's going to be Paul Miley. Miley's a guy mm-hmm. who Bills got hurt last year. They moved Ford over to guard and they moved Miley in at center because they wanted to give themselves the best five group of guys out there. And Miley was the next best guy because they could have easily kept Ford at center, but they wanted to get Miley on the field. And to me, that makes complete sense. I thought he was great whenever he got out there, especially in the run game. I thought, he was still a good in pass protection, didn't really give up right. any bad facts, but especially in the run game, I thought he really did a good job reaching the second level and moving some of those bigger defensive tackles in the Pac-12 out of the way. So personally, I feel really confident in Miley. I think he can very well play the level that Nick Ford did a year ago. So what are your thoughts on Paul Miley? Yeah, he's one of the more uh, veteran guys in the room. Um, the offensive line is fairly young, but there's a lot of talent there. Um, A lot of people have been asking, you know, oh, are these guys going to be ready to go? And I'd say more than likely, yeah. You know, I don't think we're going to see that adjustment period kind of like we did last year. Um, I think these guys will be ready to go. And a guy like Braden Daniels is going to lead that group and Miley's going to be right there alongside him. You know, like you said, he looked good in in the the games that he's played with, uh, that he's played in. And I expect him to fulfill that responsibility, you know, and, and replace Nick Ford. So, I, that's not really a worry for me uh, in terms of how is the offensive line going to be and who's going to replace those kinds of guys. Yeah, 100% agree. I personally feel really good about this offensive line. It's a group. I've mentioned this stat before. It still has four returning starters who started at least four games a year ago for this Utah team. So still really good. One guy that's going to be a little tougher to replace on both offense and special teams is Britton Covey. And we're going to talk about him in just a replacing him in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about betonline.net. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. 
Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball. You guys know NFL is, season is right around the corner. Lots of golf action going on. How about Tony Phenom lately as well? And you guys know the national media is always low on this Utah team, so head on over to Bet Online. Check in on Utah's win totals, their odds to win the Pac-12. If you're feeling good about a couple of the Utah guys as well for some of the more major college football awards, whether that's Cam Rising or Tavion Thomas, make sure you guys check in on those as well. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. So, one of the fan favorites amongst all Utah fans for this team over the past what feels like 20 years is Britton Covey. One of the guys everyone jokes, one of the longer tenured Utes is finally no longer with us. And special teams are concerned. We're going to talk about the special teams aspect in a second. But first, I want to talk about replacing him as a receiver. I think everyone knows Devon Vailey is the number one wide receiver on this team. And Dalton Kincaid, Brant Keithy, you have adequate pass catchers, of course, as well. But there are a ton of guys that could really snag that number two receiver role. Utah, they run three receivers out there at times, but they're more two receiver set because they run so many two tight end sets as well. So I anticipate it's going to be mainly one other guy getting out there most of the time with the two with Kincaid and Keithy playing so much. So my question for you, Cole, is who do you think that number two is going to win the number two receiver job? I think it's solo. Um, just because of his experience, his leadership, he's hungry. Um, you know, I, I had a podcast uh, episode with Devon Bailey and him uh, probably about six weeks ago. Um, and just his demeanor, the way that he's holding himself, the things that he's confident in, um, he understands what's at stake. And not only for this program, but for him as well. Um, you know, it's it's time for him to to really live up to, you know, kind of the hype that was around him coming into the program. He's talented. Um, I just think with the situation that they've had at quarterback over the last two years, um, it hasn't done him any favors. Um you know, with with all those with with Bentley and Brewer and and you know the, the um, inconsistencies at who's been under center, and then obviously Cam coming in last year. Uh, but you had guys like Covey, you had a guy like Theo Howard. Um, so I think it's kind of it's Solo's time to really step into the spotlight. Um, Devon Bailey, don't get me wrong, Devon Bailey is going to lead this room, um, but I, I I really don't see anybody else beating out Solo, just given his veteran leadership and abilities um it should be him so yeah i think solo's got a really good chance to be the second guy there um you mentioned those things he's such a reliable guy as well he's the kind of guy to me that maybe you don't hear about him a ton during a game and then he comes up with that crucial third down catch because he just understands the nuances of route running how to find the soft spots in those zones how to beat his man and i think he's another guy that cam's been building and working up that trust with as well so it'll be interesting to see I think another guy that could be interesting is Makai Cope. I mean, he caught everyone's mm-hmm. attention in the spring game with that phenomenal catch. You got another guy in Jalen Dixon as well. And this is, you've been a Utah team for a few years now where, you know, guys like Jalen Dixon as well, like you'll have, they'll have quiet seasons and then boom, they make a big play. Same thing with a guy like a Money Parks all could as well. So how do you expect those other receivers to kind of enter into the enter into the room and what role they'll play on this team? Because personally, I think Makai Cope is going to have a really good year and he would be my pick for the third receiver. Yeah, I. it's tough. I mean, they did add quite a few guys to the receiving room uh, in terms of freshmen. Obviously, you had that uh, a couple of transfers. Um, you know, you picked up, uh, I think it's, I think you said Tequan Gilmore uh, from, from the Juco. He's a guy that's had, you know, some experience, uh, not only uh, in terms of 
receiving, but as well in, in the return game. I wonder if he's somebody that's going to step up and really thrive. Um, you know, Utah's had pretty good success in bringing in JUCO transfers and having them, uh, you know, turn out to be uh, decent guys that perform. So he's he's someone to maybe keep an eye on. I do really like Mikaiko. Um, I think he he learned a lot in the time that he's been uh, with the program. He showed a lot in spring. Um, so if I was going to kind of guess on who's receiver three, I would keep my eyes on those two individuals. But you can't you can't rule out Jalen Dixon. Um, I think people forget that he's he's still here. Um, and you know, some conversations I had during spring camp is guys are saying he's looking pretty dang good. Uh, you know, maybe even back to where he was a few seasons ago. So maybe those three guys competing for that third spot. And then as well, um, I think we're going to see a lot of, of rotations early in the season. I think you're going to see some of the freshmen getting time, you know, guys like potentially Chris Reed, Tail Johnson uh, coming in because outside of really the one and two, nobody's really proven themselves yet. So why not, you know, maybe not necessarily in Florida. You know, I'd be surprised if we maybe saw those guys in Florida, but you know, you come back home, you play SUU, you should whoop that team. And hopefully those guys can maybe get some reps in, show what they can do. And, hey, maybe we'll get a breakout star. Maybe we'll get a young, you know, one of these young freshmen will really show, hey, I, I can play at this level. Give me some give me some opportunities early on. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see which of those guys does break out. But there's still another area the team has to try to replace Cubby in and Jalen Dixon could fact into that as well. Covey, obviously one of the most electric returners in all of college football a season ago. And there's a couple of guys that could factor into that. There's been rumors that kind of, you know, Devon Vele could be the guy there. I think Clark Phillips has been another name mentioned as well. Jalen Dixon was listed on the official depth chart as his backup a year ago in terms of for Covey. So there's, we're going to talk about some of the other special teams concerns in a moment, but who do you think will be the biggest guy who replaces Covey as, a, as Utah's main return man? I think JD is your best bet. Um, as long as his confidence is there, um, put you know, throw him back there because you know he's he's fast, he's shifty, he's smart, he's experienced, he's a veteran. You know, and you're you, you got to realize you're not going to replace Covey. That is not a guy that that, that this season you're going to find someone that can do what he did. You're just not. You know, his his field vision is one of the most elite I've ever seen, especially given his size and things that he was able to do. How slippery he was. You're not going to replace a guy like Britton Covey and get what? What he had three returns last year uh, for touchdowns. I think two. Yeah, San Diego State, Oregon, and then the Rose Bowl. Correct? Rose Bowl, right? Yeah. So two punt. I think there was two punts and one kickoff um, mm-hmm. that he was able to return. So you just, you're not going to see that. Um, what well, I think what you're just really looking for here is a guy that's not going to drop the ball, who's not going to fumble the ball when he's taken off, who's going to pick up you know a couple extra yards for you. You know, ten to fifteen average would be fantastic. Um, and is just going to have the demeanor that you need. So, and, you know, from that description, I think your guys, Jalen Dixon, now that could change. Like I said, you know, you could see them, you know, give some opportunities to, you know, some of these newcomers, these new faces and, or, you know, maybe a guy like Devon Bailey, maybe a guy like Makai Cope. I really don't see Clark Phillips fulfilling that role. Um, just given, you know, what this year means to him in terms of, uh, trying to get to the NFL next year. Um, I don't think he's going to want to put his body on the line like that. You know, he's going to really just want to thrive on defense. Um, so I don't. I think Clark's kind of a long shot. But those are kind of the names that I would see. I, I'd be surprised if if somebody you know replaces you know Jalen Dixon as as that that kind of a, a personnel. 
Yeah, and it's the same thing you talked about with him as a receiver. He's kind of been waiting, buying his time for his opportunity to come in, and this looks like it's finally going to be his opportunity to get that role as well. Clark's just more someone. He was an electric returner in high school. I would love mm-hmm. to see him back there. I think he could take a couple back, get Rice Eccles rocking. And, I mean, if he does really have a great year as a returner, that could also help his draft stock. But as you mentioned, it's something he hasn't done in the past, so he might just want to sit back and stay at corner where he's obviously going to be the best in the Pac-12 at that. Maybe he wants to let his teammate be the best at returning rather than stealing all the shine from him there. So one last thing I want to talk about just in before we move off special teams is kind of the other positions. That was something a unit that Utah really struggled in a year ago. We saw some of those issues rear their head against Oregon State again. I feel like just throughout the season, they did a good job of cleaning those up. And could Utah maybe give up one return touchdown? Yes, I think that's a possibility that happens that every team goes through. But overall, I just felt like there were a lot of issues this team was working out last year. I feel like they really got things right. The only, in terms of return coverage, I am not as concerned about this Utah team. In terms of when it comes down to do we need a clutch field goal hit, that's where I don't feel as comfortable. But I feel like in terms of return-wise and just punt and kickoff coverage, I feel like they'll be fine this year. Not the best ever, but they'll be solid. What are your thoughts on those units? Yeah, I mean, you have, you know, oftentimes the guys that are that are doing, you know, uh, kickoffs and, and, you know, punt returns and that kind of stuff. A lot of times it's the underclassmen, you know, it's, you'll see a lot of freshmen kind of getting early time in there. And there's a lot of athletes, you know, there's a lot of guys that have come in uh, recently that are, that are very talented athletes. So I I agree. I think they're going to be okay. And obviously it has to be fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't let things happen um, the way that they did last year. And, and I'm sure that it's a focus. And so I, I fully trust this coaching staff to have addressed the problem to get the right, you know, to get the right guys in there. And, you know, they're all obviously going to be focused on it because you can't go into Florida and give up a kick return or a punt return. You can't go into, you know, some of these other away games, UCLA or, or Oregon, and, and do that. You just can't. Sure, you, you might give up one on the season, and that's fine. But don't let it be on the road in, in a big stage. Don't let that be the determining factor as to whether or not, you know, you're given an opportunity to repeat as Pac-12 champions or to – you know, go to an even bigger bowl game. Do not let that happen. And I, I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one thing. You got to clean it up early. Cannot let a return happen against a team like Florida. When you play some of those best teams, mistakes like that, block punts, any of that are the things that usually end up costing you. So you have to make sure they avoid those mishaps. We're going to touch on, I know a lot of people are concerned about this secondary. We're going to talk about them in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about InterCap lending. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage need. InterCap gets deals done. Quick and simple process. InterCap closes loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. And that's what Locked On's personal loan officer, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On's founder, David Locke. And let's be honest, if Steve can help keep David on track through the entire process, Steve can help anyone. And though InterCap is new to the Locked On Utes podcast, it's not new. Intercap has been assisting customers with all their mortgage needs since 1978. That's 43 years of experience. And Steve Carter's been providing locked on listeners with the best experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in 40 states. Give Steve a call. His direct number is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. NMLS number 190465. That's intercap lending for all your guys' 
knees. So before we get out of here, I want to touch on the secondary. This is a group that a lot of people have been nervous about, Cole, because of the performance in the Rose Bowl. It's actually something Coach Whittingham mentioned as well as, hey, we had a running back out there playing cornerback. This is something we feel stronger about. Got it more cleaned up. Um, you got guys coming back like your Travis brought, brought him. R.J. Hubert's coming back as well. Zamaya Vaughn is going to be there. Fabian Marks, another name. I, I personally feel good about this secondary. Cole, how are you feeling about him? There should be no worries whatsoever. Um, to my knowledge, everybody's healed up. They're back. There really should be no worry. And I, and I think they're probably the best secondary in the Pac-12, just given – every single name that you just lift listed and, and in addition to guys, you know, like Cole Bishop. Um, and they also, they also um, had some other notable additions at safety as well. Jaden Pearson, you know, a transfer. Um, you've got, uh, I believe Clayton Isbell coming in um, who is, I believe another transfer too. So I'm really not worried about it. Um, and simply at the fact you know, all those names that you just listed, those are big time defenders. Those are guys that are going to lock down the secondary corner. We're looking great. You've got leaders, you know, Clark Phillips to start, right? Um, you know, JT Broughton, uh, Fabian Marks, Malone Monteele, like, uh, and Zamaya Vaughn. I'm hearing Zamaya Vaughn is looking very, very good. Um, potential dark horse in terms of, uh, you know, production this year on the defensive end. So, there should be no worry. I understand why people are saying, well, you know, we, we had some issues. It's like, yeah, the majority of the guys were injured. That's where those issues came from. You look at all the games before that, and, you know, Utah's running teams you know, out of Rice-Eccles and even on their own home turfs because nobody could get the passing game going, really. So it's it's not a concern to me, and it shouldn't really be a concern to anybody. Yeah, I and mean, that's something is, I mean, this is a team, Utah team last year that did have a decent number of question marks coming in. But this year, you return 17 starters, and so there's going to be a lot less questions. And one of the biggest questions about last year's team was the quarterback controversy, Charlie Brewing or Cam Rising. This is Cam's team through and through. Cam, Utah sent a quarterback to media day. That was a huge running joke online, something that team hasn't seen happen in a long time. So it was good to see Cam out there. But one thing that is interesting is the battle for quarterback two. Personally, mm-hmm. I do feel like Jaquindon is going to be quarterback too. I've gone back and forth. I think it's really interesting. It could very well depend on matchup as well, who's going to be the guy. But I just feel like Jaquindon, we saw good strides in the spring game. We know they're going to have packages for him all ready to go, especially we saw them use those a ton in the red zone. They got taken away a little bit after he had that fumble, but I'm sure ball security is something he's been working on as well because he wants to see the field. So I just feel like because they're going to have some of these plays for Jaquindon worked into the game plan and his ability as a dual threat guy, that I feel like he's going to be quarterback too. What do you think, Cole? Uh, I, I totally understand um, where you're coming from with, with all, you know, all those reasons. And, and he very well could be uh, my pick is Bryson Barnes um, for a lot of reasons. Um, I think, you know, to, to go back and revisit what he did in the Rose bowl, um, the, the ability to come in as a freshman, a walk on freshman, no less, um, on the biggest stage on national television and perhaps the biggest game that Utah has ever played in and to replace a guy that was, you know, just firing on all cylinders and to, to pick up without, you know, missing a stride. It's pretty incredible to silence all that noise. You know, I mean, JT, you, you were an athlete. You obviously understand the, the, the battles of, of, you know, questioning yourself of, you know, mental games and, and thinking, Oh, I can't do this. 
that wasn't a problem. You know, he came in and he orchestrated, I believe it was like a 55 plus yard drive to score, you know, a game tying touchdown against the Ohio state. Like that is unbelievable to me. And then spring camp, he followed it up. You know, he, he, he slightly outplayed uh, Jaquindon. I did like what I saw from Jaquindon. I do think he's looking a lot better. I do think he's a better overall athlete, but I think, I think Bryson's just a better overall quarterback. I think he can uh, hit guys, um, uh, much crisper, cleaner. Um, and I think, again, kind of what we've seen before, uh, I just think I worry a little bit that Jaquinnon's trigger happy. And what I mean by that is we've seen him throw some interceptions, you know, back-to-back spring games. You know, he threw multiple interceptions. We saw another one this year. Uh, Bryce, on the other hand, he's not doing that. And, and Bryson showed versatility too. You know, he had – he led the day in terms of, you know, yards on the ground. And then he also uh, would have doubled that amount if he wouldn't have had a – a ridiculous um, uh, uh, flag thrown on him for unsportsmanlike conduct. So for me, if you just look at it, and from what I'm hearing too, you know, I, I was speaking with uh, some guys in the program, you know, not too long ago, uh, and they're saying, hey, you know, Bryson's looking damn good. And so I, I'm going to go with Bryson. I think he's the the safer bet. Um, and But I, I, to your credit, I do think we will see some certain formations with uh, Jaquindon in perhaps short distances. So that's my take on it. Yeah, and I mean, you talked about it. When Cam got hurt, who went in? That was Bryson. So it's going to be really interesting to see who kind of does get that job, if it depends on matchup or if they do outright name who the backup's going to be. Either way, I think Utah's in good hands. They have one of the best quarterback rooms in not just the country, but not just the Pac-12, but the country. That was excellent. I fought our words. <laughs> but Cole, really appreciate you coming on today. What's some of the things you have coming up? Uh, yeah, so we uh, at uh, Fan Nation All Utes, uh, we've been able to, and I mentioned this before, we've signed some uh, NIL deals with, with a couple of the guys up on the hill, uh, Jalen Glover, Devon Bailey, Renee Reed, Bryson Bard, some of the guys that we've talked about today, um, just because of, you know, who they are and, and, and how good they are as well. And uh, we've been able to put together some podcasts with each of them. We actually did one with Bryson uh, over the weekend where he told us in depth more about the Rose Bowl situation and as well uh, how he's preparing to face the QB2 battle. So, uh, if you head over to our podcast channel, uh, Spotify, Apple, all those things, uh, Fan Nation, all Utes, you can check out that first episode with Bryson Barnes. It uh, should be really good. And looking ahead to the season, we'll be doing episodes with those guys, just kind of breaking down games, you know, getting first game reactions. So it uh, should be a lot of fun uh, this year. Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff coming up with fall camp rolling in. Cole, you talked about the podcast you have going. You guys also just released some awesome gear as well. So if you guys are interested in that, make sure you guys go check out Cole at Bagley underscore Cole on Twitter. Also, you talked about the podcast. If you guys are looking for another podcast to listen focused on the Pac-12 as a conference, make sure you guys check on Locked On Pac-12. Spencer McLaughlin and local experts take you guys across the Pac-12 in under 30 minutes talking about the biggest stories. A lot of stuff coming out from Conference Media Day. There's tons of season previews coming up. It is an exciting time as football is finally back. So huge thanks to Cole for joining us on the show today. I'm JT Wister-Sill, and happy fall camp day, Utah fans.